Welcome to Physics Alive. I'm Brad Moser, and I want to help fellow educators spark new life into the physics classroom. Each episode, I'll draw inspiration from teachers, researchers, and science communicators. I hope you enjoy. Good Physics Day, everyone. Today, Physics Alive is coming to you from the road. And not because I'm interviewing somebody on the road, but because I have not found any other time to do my recording this semester. So I am literally on the road. I am in my car driving. It's very likely you hear lots of car noise and hopefully you can hear my voice. It's possible that I will go and do the editing for this episode and say, wow, that's terrible. I can't put that out. In which case you won't even hear this message. But if this is tolerable, I'll probably leave this segment in just to, you know, give you a sense of my ramblings, which my, my poor students have to uh, listen to all the time as well. Oh, boy, has it been a semester. I'm in week nine at my new position here at Plymouth State University. And let me start off by saying I love where I am. I am at a great spot. I am doing exactly what I want to be doing and I have been given so much uh, freedom to try the things in the classroom that I want to try to explore the pedagogies that, that uh, I've been looking into, that research has shown are, are the best for student learning and trying to figure out how to make them successful in a new environment. Every place I've, I've taught now, the student body is a bit different, and I'm definitely experiencing challenges here. But I'm currently on the Highway 93 North through New Hampshire. I'm going to be going up through Franconia Notch shortly. Uh, I'm going to the north side of the Notch and going to meet with the White Mountain Science, Inc. group, and we're going to talk about eclipse planning and different activities and education. And then I'm going to be speaking with uh, Dr. Doug Arian, who um, I, I invited to teach uh, a, a guest lecture in my astronomy class, and he's taught physics and astronomy, does a lot of work with telescopes, works with the Appalachian Mountain Club, so much cool stuff, and there's a really cool op, uh, possibility there. And a year ago, I never would have thought I would be saying anything like that because I teach physics, and now I teach physics and astronomy, and I've got a planetarium, and I've got an observatory. I've got telescopes in my trunk that I'm going to have Doug take a look at and, and see if we can, you know, get them, I don't even know the right phrases, collimated, get them aligned the right way. I'm a, I'm a laser optics guy. Let's go with alignment. Get them aligned the right way. So it's a brand new world here for me, and a new semester anywhere is, is going to be challenging. I mean, thank goodness I've had 13 years of teaching experience under my belt. That helps with my physics classes. It doesn't help so much with my astronomy class, other than the sense of I, I know how to put a class together, but it's still a lot of time. So why no physics alive recently? Well, I used to work on episodes in my office. Well, I don't have time for that anymore. I also used to work on episodes in the evening at home. Well, now I have to go to bed earlier and I don't have time for that anymore because now I do bring my work home with me and I want to spend time with my family and I want to go on hikes as well. And a part of the reason coming to this area was so that I could get outside and do something good for my body. So Physics Alive is just kind of taking a backseat at this point because I need to take care of my, my body and mind as best I can while I'm extraordinarily busy. But I wanted to share with you 
some of the ups and downs here as I've gotten started at Plymouth State University. So I'm teaching two sections of physics, one of the algebra-based physics class for life science majors, and uh, one university physics, the calculus-based class for meteorology and chemistry majors. And when I got here, um, even though the lab and lecture are separate, so it's not a studio model, there was just one other lab instructor that I was working with, but otherwise I was teaching the lecture and I was doing two of the four labs and uh, this other gentleman, Eric Kelsey, thank you so much for going along with my crazy ideas. Uh, he is the only other lab instructor. So I thought, you know what? I bet I could do modeling instruction. It's not ideal to do modeling in uh, when the lab is sec uh, separate from the lecture, but it's not impossible. I, I know that my, my good, good friend Jamie Vasenka was doing that at University of New England before I got there, before they got into the studio model. So I thought, how about we, how about I give this a, give this a try? So I've been doing that. I'm using the modeling labs while also using the same modeling instruction workbook that I was using while I was at UNE and even while I was at, uh, at Hamilton. And it's sort of the modified, you know, I've taken a lot of things from modeling instruction, but also taking a lot of ideas from intro physics for the life sciences. So it's really the, the, the blending of those. So in doing the labs, I just make sure that, you know, let's say the tumble buggy lab, the, the classic first lab, I did that pretty much right away, the second day of classes, because that's when the first lab was meeting. And I did a lot of other intro stuff about linearizing and graphing in the lecture course, but in lab on Tuesday and a Thursday, they did their lab on the tumble buggy. Then the next week, just like in the model instruction sequence, I would say, okay, well, we've done the lab. We've now generated these different representations for constant velocity, and now we can begin to work with them. So I've been able to kind of do the modeling instruction thing by, uh, by just keeping the lab one week ahead, and it's not working out too bad. It's working really well in my university physics class. That that group, the the calculus-based group, is, and I have a little extra time with them as well. It's not a it's not a little bit of a shorter class like the algebra-based physics is. I, I have enough time. I'm able to really kind of dig into these labs a little bit with them, and and then go through the curriculum. And they're doing well with it. Uh, modeling is working as I have seen it work in the past, and it is great. And I believe I will continue forward doing that. In the algebra-based physics class, I'm not sold right now. It's the time is a little bit too short. The, I mean, I think the labs are working okay, but I, they're not, I don't know, they're not connect, this, this group is not connecting with those labs. And sometimes I feel like with uh, the mechanics, it, it takes a little bit too long to get into the interesting applications. And applications are tough. In physics for life sciences, to get into the applications, you need to have a good solid foundation of the physics basics. So in order to, to really get into that, I feel like I just don't have time to do it. And I don't feel like modeling instruction is landing. And, and I'm also having the, the, the challenges, which I know other colleagues in, in teaching are having, where the, the students are not attending as often as they used to. They're not completing their, their homework assignments in numbers that I have never seen before. You know, I, you know I'm a little bit older. I, I, I'm imagining I don't do modeling the same way I used to 
you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, but there's definitely something going on where not as many people are getting the assignments in. And then there are people who are getting the assignments in and they're engaging with the material, but I'm finding the, the level that I'm teaching it at, which is the same level that I, I've taught previously, the same workbook, uh, is, uh, you know, I'm having the students struggling a bit more. And, and this may be a combination of coming through the pandemic and, and still on the tail ends of that. Uh, this, this could be uh, the student body that is at Plymouth State. There's a lot of different factors. And so there's a lot that I'm thinking about right now. One of the things I've actually started thinking about, and this, this was an idea that I, I know uh, my colleague Jamie had mentioned in the past about a project physics course. And um, I've, I've started doing a little peeking into the literature to see what I could find about a project-based physics. And I know Eric Mazur has done something like this, and I want to see if I can scrounge up some details there. Um, if anybody listening knows of some project-based types of classes where uh, it's really about you know, doing projects, uh, it could be a problem-based learning, but I really want it to be something hands-on where it's, it's almost kind of like an experimental physics class. I, I really want to be doing more hands-on experiments in class. And with this algebra-based crowd, I'm, I'm just learning that I don't need to focus so much on the, the content. This is, I mean, I already thought I wasn't focusing on the content, but I've, I've been trying to focus on the content that is relevant for these students. But you know, I'm starting to see a shift in me where, where maybe I shift away from even that content that is relevant and more about what is the experience in, in the classroom that, that I want them to be having. Uh, one of the successes I have in uh, Dr. Lourdes Aviles, my academic unit chair, has been so gracious in allowing me to try out different things. And, and I came in saying, I'd love to do the studio model. And already for the spring semester, uh, with, with enrollments being a little bit less in, in the spring for Physics 2, uh, she's allowed me to give a try for studio sections, in the complete studio sections for both the algebra-based and the calculus-based physics class in the spring. Uh, so I am super excited that I'll actually get to kind of try it in, you know, the full mode that this should be taught in to see how it works. And, you know, I may find, yes, university physics, let's, let's do this, uh, let's give it a go with modeling physics moving forward. And maybe with the algebra-based physics, it's going to be a different story. Maybe I find uh, a different model. Maybe. You know, my, my talk with you, Eugenia, my last episode, uh, I'll say, you know what, this this aisle model, this might be the, the better approach. That might be the exploratory lab-based curriculum and, uh, and, and thinking, you know, about the, the physics in the context of, of, of life, but not life sciences per se, like that, that might be what I want to do. Yeah, just what I want to do. I want to have completely different models in my classes, oh yay. Uh, I do it to myself. I just, I really do. <laughs> okay, what's the other course I'm teaching? Astronomy, the new one. I am a new instructor and oh my gosh, I forgot what that was like. It is exhilarating and, oh, you know, Monday night, I have a Tuesday lecture coming up uh, in the afternoon in astronomy and I don't even know what I'm going to do in class that day. So that's, that's tough. Um, you know, when I first started teaching and, and I was dating long distance, uh, didn't have a child, you know, the schedule was different. The schedule was very different. I could, I could stay on campus till 8 p.m. and it was fine. I don't do that anymore. I could, if, if, I, were, if I were a bachelor, I'm sure I would, but, but I'm not. And I value 
other things in my life as well. I value my teaching and I value my family life and I value my health. And, and so that means I can't spend the time on, on preparation like I used to. And I'm, I'm having to find this level of this is good enough. This is good enough. I'm doing the best I can. I am looking at the research. I, I'm trying to connect with these students. Astronomy has been this massive roller coaster for me. Uh, as, as I bring in exciting content, I've sort of flipped things on their head. I've, I've started, I started with the Big Bang and the expansion of the universe. It was more cosmology. I really started with cosmology. And now I'm working my way backwards. I'm at this point where we're learning Newton's laws and gravity and, and orbits. And we're going to start finally talking about the planets. And then towards the end of the semester, I'll probably do, be doing what most astronomy instructors do in the first couple of weeks. And, you know, if I had just accepted some curriculum that was handed to me, Maybe it would have been easier, but maybe not, because I didn't know most of this material, so I had a lot to learn. The car is really rumbling right now because I'm going uphill. Uh, I'm just about to pass the Flume Gorge Park Info Center. Oh, the Flume Gorge was beautiful uh, when, when I hiked it with my family a couple weeks ago. Oh, the waterfall was spectacular uh, going up Flume Mountain. Oh, I just have to pause and just talk about this this area. I mean, you know, I'll, I, can, I can admit this freely. I. I moved for the place. I have moved for the job before, and I've left all those jobs. This time, I, I, I took a new tactic. I am moving for place, and I want to find a position which looks good enough. And if you're listening from Plymouth State, please don't take any offense to that, because I did find Plymouth State good enough. And in fact, I've, I found it to be a fantastic environment. But I, I'm not, my eyes are no longer blinded by the grass is greener syndrome. I've definitely left previous positions thinking the grass is greener on the other side. I'm going to find out how much greener it is. And what I've learned is the grass is never greener. But the thing I was thinking about this morning was really, it's like the grass is greener where your mind is the most adaptable, where your mind is the most free to explore. And, oh, I had a great way to phrase it. We'll, we'll see if I my edit my way through this one. The grass isn't greener on the other side, but the grass is greenest where your mind is leanest. Oh, yeah, okay, that could work. It's not quite the one I was thinking of uh, actually earlier. That sounded really nice. But it, it's, it's where you're excited about the, the opportunities, where you can see yourself thriving, where, where you want to help fertilize the grass and make it grow. That's where it's going to be greenest and taking those opportunities. Where am I? I'm in the astronomy classroom. I'm trying these new ideas. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying active learning. It's, it, it's, it's tough. I felt like I've lectured too much sometimes uh, because I'm just learning the content myself. So it's kind of easiest to just fall into, into lecture mode sometimes. But then I'm trying to bring the, the active learning components in. So fortunately there's the astronomy lecture tutorials by a whole boatload of authors, which I'm not remembering uh, all of their names right now because it's still so new to me. I, I know it's, uh, I think it's Edward Prather was sort of the, the maybe the spearhead uh, of that group, but I'm not uh, even sure if it, his name is the lead one on the textbook anymore because there's so many different ones. Anyway, uh, I had that recommended to me from uh, multiple locations. Oh, hold on, I gotta merge. So yeah, this, the, the hazards of recording an episode while, while driving, right, right lane closes ahead. Okay, I'm merging, I'm slowing down. Uh, through through Franconia Notch. Maybe that will help the road noise a little bit. So I'm using these lecture tutorials. Uh, these have been these have been really nice to use. So it's, it's a way to 
put students in groups and work through these tutorials. I know physics curriculum has these tutorial types of tutorials as well. I'm, I'm bringing in some of the, the concept question, clicker questions, peer instruction, I, I would say, uh, where I've, I've taken ideas from the, the physics curriculum, of course, because physics and astronomy are, are so intertwined. Oddly enough, my students have said, we want less physics and more astronomy. And it's like, yeah, guess what? Uh, they're the same thing, really. Uh, so, you know, maybe I made the mistake of telling them, yeah, I'm new. I, I'm new to teaching astronomy. So now they're thinking, oh, he's teaching physics because all he knows is physics. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of physics and astronomy. Anyway, so on the one hand, I've been really excited about this astronomy curriculum and what I'm doing. But on the other hand, this has been my toughest course. This is... These are all first-year students. This is a non-science major course, so everybody is in the general education program who is taking this course. It's called a Science Directions. And in the future, I think this course will have to look a little bit different than the way I'm, I'm doing it even currently. It's not really supposed to be content. I mean, content, yes, uh, but it's not supposed to be like appreciation of astronomy or intro to astronomy. Let's go through all this stuff. It's, it's really more about the, the science methods used in astronomy and it's supposed to be the course is intended to be more more project based more uh, in this case because of astronomy observation lab experience based so those are the, the pieces that need to come into play a little bit more but this has been challenging because these first year students because of the, the school they're at the demographic that they are um, coming through the pandemic recently it's, I mean, more than half of my students are not submitting assignments. And at first I thought it's because it's I'm not reaching them with reminders, but now that I'm making reminders on Canvas, I'm sending them emails, there's, I'm reminding them in class, and still half of the students are not turning things in, I'm realizing there's definitely more going on here uh, that, is, that is above and beyond just the usual tips and tricks that we can try. And I've been listening to some of my favorite podcasts uh, on education, uh, as always. And I've been hearing that this is the message. A lot of instructors are, are experiencing the same challenges with student engagement right now. But the message I also keep hearing is that, well, you can't do the regular lecture. You've, it's like maybe the methods we're using are not the right methods. We have to be doing more active learning, more student engagement, this and that. And all like, I mean, every time I hear that as it's like, that's the panacea. It's like, that's what you got to do. If you're not doing it, of course, your students aren't engaged. I'm doing all of that the same way I've done many years in the past. And you know what? It's not working. So I want to come at this from the perspective that even if we are trying these some of things and I'm by no means perfect in the way I pull it off. And, you know, I said, I've sometimes felt like I've resorted to lecture a little bit too much, uh, but I'm really trying to bring these activities in and, uh, you know, but the work just isn't getting done. Sometimes the engagement isn't there. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? It's like, I, I'm, I can't roll with this message of I need to be doing more active learning, more student engagement, blah, 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 because I am doing that. So that's not the answer. There, there's more to this conversation. Yes, those things, I, you know, I'm a strong uh, proponent of those things needing to happen in the classroom but there is so much more happening here and this is why it's so hard to be a teacher and we're just doing we're just doing the best we can and i can't care about every single student and bringing them along i i can't have these one-on-ones with everybody to because i have so much in my life as as well uh, and i need to take care of myself so whew, rant that's my rant for the day all right um and today i'm driving to do 
astronomy stuff. Gonna have my telescopes tuned up. Gonna talk about the eclipse. Gonna talk about, oh, one of the exciting things is is the, this new class that I'm gonna be trying to prepare. It's called an INCAP. The, it's the, it's the capstone course at the end of the general education program here at Plymouth State. So it's for juniors and seniors, and the course is meant to be project-based and, and student-led, where the students are actually uh, coming up with essentially their curriculum. It's like there's, there's sort of a, a guidepost of what uh, direction, not even what direction the course is going to go, but you know, what is the overall theme? And, and the students are, are to be in these interdisciplinary teams where they bring the skills from their, from their majors uh, and, and to work on a, a, a project that, that they define that has hopefully some impact on, on the community. So that's part of what I'm going to talk about with, with Dr. Arian today about how I might have a collaboration with, with him and, you know, get some of these students maybe even into some internships in the White Mountain huts talking about astronomy over the summer. How cool is that? So I, I get handed to Plymouth State. One of the things that really excited me about coming here is the general education program. The I worked on the, the core curriculum, you know, in, in previous positions and just saw things not not moving we were trying to do curricular reform and it just wasn't moving um, and here they're already doing the sorts of things that we were talking about doing before so to come into doing something like that to come in to have this sort of capstone course where I may have the opportunity to teach this interdisciplinary project-based type of course where that's those are the guidelines like don't come in and lecture you're not supposed to do that that is exciting to me. Uh, I have no idea how to do it, but I have to write a syllabus for it to submit it by December 7th or something like that. So I can teach it in spring 24. Oh, it's not even all that close, but you know, academic calendars, you, you gotta work ahead of it. So I'm really excited about that. Well, one of the other things that's just been amazing at Plymouth State is the CoLab, which is basically their homegrown teaching and learning center getting to work with, and the two folks I've worked with the most so far, uh, Robin DeRosa and Martha Persis, I think is her last name. And I, I haven't really gotten to work with the other folks in there, but they're just doing just amazing work with all of these different offerings, inviting different uh, guest lectures. And they have this course for us faculty uh, and staff called Design Forward. And I took a two-week module of it in the middle of the semester, and I was totally busy, and I totally didn't have time for it, and it was an amazing experience where there was a, a cohort of us faculty that were, that were working together, where we had different readings that we could take a look at, uh, a few different worksheets reflecting on our teaching. This one was called Intro to Pedagogy, and it was really thinking about the philosophy behind what we're doing, what, not, not what we're physically doing in the classroom, what are the, the tips and tricks and techniques, but what is our philosophy behind how we design a class. And I feel like through this, I had existential moments uh, raging at my blog posts. And I feel like in the end, I'm gonna come out better on, on the other side. But it was really coming to a head with some of the, the, the lack of engagement I saw from some of my students. I've got some great students as well. Uh, from the, the feeling that some things just aren't working the way that I'm doing them. And then thinking about the philosophy of what I'm doing. I'm like, what am I even doing? What does it mean to teach? What what should students even be getting out of class? And I don't, I, I don't have any solid answer to that, but this was, these were really great reflections and, and this great experience. And I'm so excited to have this, this resource here and these colleagues that really care 
about education and about thinking about what is happening in our classrooms and what we can be doing. So, you know, these are some of the, the places that I've, you know, just really feel like I'm going to thrive at Plymouth State. These, these are, these are my people. This is, there's a lot of great stuff happening here. There's a lot of great thinkers and, and doers and, uh, and this is not even getting into the whole, yeah, the bigger general education program, the cluster pedagogy, and these are sorts of things I'll, I'll, I'll talk about in later episodes for sure as I explore some of the types of courses that I may be doing involved with that. What did I want to share? Is that, I think that's, I, I wanted to give you an update and say I'm, I'm here. Physics Alive is, is on the back burner a little bit, but I, I had this drive to do and I thought, and I've had a lot of things I've wanted to say each, uh, every other week I'm thinking, I really need to record something. I want to share my experiences because teacher experiences are going to be so universal. Something of what I've said, I'm sure you have experienced as well, whether it's you've been teaching for a long time, teaching a new course, you're just starting teaching. Uh, the, the the student body what what is happening right now uh, there's there, there's so much and we just need to, to stick together and support each other and 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 not be superhumans it's too much we need to take care of ourselves as as well at some point it's like I know I throw myself into it too much sometimes I want to do the best job I want to do the best I can for my students I I want to do something that invigorates and enlivens me and, and I also need to take care of myself too. Uh, and that's, that's so important. Take care of myself, take care of, of my family, be there, be there for them, be there for my little boy growing up, uh, not have my wife feel like I'm not around because I'm so busy. Like that's, that's not good. I mean, there's so much more to life than, than our work. Um, it, it does feel like it's a calling for me that I just feel so inspired for, I don't even know what reasons, I just feel drawn into education. And I'm ex I find myself so excited by it, but talking about it, I, don't, I, I honestly, I just don't know why, but it's just this thing I've gotten passionate about and I want to share and think about and, uh, and, and grow with others on this journey. Okay, so I've been talking for 27 minutes. I really hope the sound levels aren't terrible. I hope I haven't been so loud that I've, uh, that I've peaked my sound. I don't think so but I really hope it's been recording well because I don't want to lose this episode. But anyway, that is Physics Alive from the road. I won't normally have drives this long, but I do still have a decent drive on my way to and from campus. This may be a place where I do more recording, or maybe not because it's too noisy. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient as I get to another episode. I do have a couple of episodes recorded that I just haven't I haven't finished editing. I haven't had the time to, to get out there yet, um, but but it'll happen. Thank you so much for, for listening, for still saying subscribe, for still supporting the show. If you are supporting it, I don't have the names in front of me. I do want to list you off and thank you so much for the support you have, have given to, to keep to keep paying the bills of, of keeping the web service up, to, uh, the web server up to, of, of keeping the, the podcast server going. I hope you have a lovely rest of your semester or you know if you're teaching high school like you get a, a week and a half off right over over the break when we get to that but keep staying strong and keep keep remembering you at some point just back off and say the, the students will be fine you got to take care of yourself all right be well <laughs>